how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. What makes a good YouTube video intro? Well, that's the first question we answer on today's episode of Creator Support. We also give some advice for how you can transition from being a short-form creator to being a long-form creator, and we break down how Mr. Beast continues to break YouTube records. Okay, before we get into this episode, a quick question from the Discord, Colin. This one was specifically for you. Just Uh-oh. click this one. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Hi, I'm Typhoon, and... Gotcha. All right. If you make it to the deep end, let us know. Is this the deep end? Are we starting in the deep end? What just happened? All right. Our first question comes from Roman Peschke on the Discord, and he asks, video intro checklist. I guess that's just the title of his question. It's not what he asked. This is what he asked. He said, does anyone have a checklist they put together for the first minute of a video? Because I've noticed that in a Mr. Beast video, it's typically an attention grabber, quick explanation of what's going on, cuts to showing further into the video to keep people engaged, some sort of music element, and then around a minute in, there's usually another flash forward to what's happening later in the video. If you have a checklist of what you use, I'd love to see it. Well, Roman, we do have a checklist. Colin wrote down a checklist. We talked about this a ton. This was a great question and leads into a great conversation around YouTube video intros. Now, before we answer your question, we do want to thank Discord for sponsoring this episode. Earlier this year, we partnered with Discord to launch our server, and it's been an awesome experience. We've done live stages in our Discord. We give feedback on thumbnails, videos. We have chats about creator news. It's a really great place to build community for us as creators and for our community to come together and meet each other. Yeah, we found out that people are actually meeting through the Discord and then hanging out in real life, Mm -hmm. like helping each other with their videos and then hanging out. And not only is Discord a great place for community, but it also supports the diversification of our revenue. During VidCon, they announced they're exploring server shops, which means we can actually launch a shop within our Discord server. This would be to sell digital goods. So like Notion templates, backgrounds, LUTs. Love a good LUT. You know what I mean? Love a good LUT. And you can actually also sell media assets up to 500 megabytes. So we could upload a video and it could be pay-per-view in the server shop. I think that's really cool. You also could sell fonts. Dude, you could sell fonts. You should I sell, could sell fonts. You should sell your handwriting as a font. I have two fonts that I made that I could sell. Just saying. Dude, that actually would be really cool if you sold fonts. I don't know. Comment below if you're interested in buying one of my fonts. Yeah. What if I become a font dealer? You could be a font dealer. All right. Yeah. Cool. So Server Shop is still in its alpha phase, which means it's not rolled out to everyone yet. It will be launching later this year. But if you want to join the waitlist, we put a link in the description. You can join the waitlist to get access to Server Shop. It's a great way for creators to build sustainable businesses and offer digital goods to their communities. All right. The video intro checklist gone. Okay. This morning, I wrote out a full checklist okay. of what I think makes the ultimate YouTube intro. Oh, wow. And I watched a bunch of our videos. I watched other creators' videos. And here are the commonalities that I found. I'm going to caveat this by saying I think this should be noted as the 2023 
video intro checklist because after you go through this, I want to talk about how this has changed. Mm, but I actually don't know what you wrote down, so I'm interested to hear. Okay, so the first thing that I think every YouTube intro needs is to immediately confirm to the viewer that this is the video you clicked on and the packaging is not clickbait. So the first thing that I think every great YouTube intro needs, and you may think it's like to hook the viewer to watch till the end, but actually I think the job is to reassure the viewer that this is the video that you wanted, that you clicked on. Right. And that has to happen immediately. And to prove that it's not clickbait. So I'm gonna use our video that we made about Emma Chamberlain. It's called Why Emma Chamberlain Quit YouTube Again. And I'm gonna run through this point and then the rest of the points. Okay. So let's check it out. Why is one of the most successful creators leaving YouTube? I'm taking a break from YouTube. I need to step back completely and give myself weeks, months, years if I need to. Okay. So immediately right there, we're showing you that this is a video about Emma Chamberlain quitting YouTube and we're actually giving proof mm -hmm. with her own voice yeah. that like, this is not clickbait. This has really happened and it is the video you clicked on. So that's number one. Number two is that you have to introduce new narratives or unclosed loops. So it's not enough, I think, in a really good YouTube intro to just affirm to the viewer, this is what you wanted. You gotta go a step further. Describe or define an unclosed loop. So an unclosed loop is uh, opening a story arc that makes the audience want to get the answer, mm -hmm. basically, right? And in this instance, in the intro, I think it should be something unexpected that was not in the title thumbnail. So it's like you clicked to get the answer, why did Emma Chamberlain quit YouTube again? But we're gonna give you that answer and you didn't know we're actually gonna give you more than that. So right. that's what we do in yeah. the next part. Months, years, if I need to. By the end of the episode, we're actually gonna pitch Emma on a way that we think she could return to YouTube in a healthy way. We're also going to suggest a change that we think YouTube should make to the platform. Yeah. yeah. So that's two extra things you didn't know you were gonna get. Yeah. And when we suggest that we're gonna come up with uh, a change to the YouTube platform, it's blurred out. Right. So that's like the definition of an unclosed loop. Yeah. You want to see what's behind that blurred out photo. Yeah, essentially, we it was a term that we talked to about with Collins Key one mm. time, unclosed loops, uh, in, a, in a hotel lobby in New York. It's a real, like, YouTube meeting. Um, and he's just so sharp when it comes to um, packaging and intros and, and everything. And he taught us this term, unclosed loop, where he said, the human mind needs loops to close, right? So, like, here's a question. Okay, I want the answer to it. Yep. And he was showing it in the context of, like, Sometimes you see stuff, it's, it's a lot of what Jimmy does where it's um, train versus giant hole. You kind of look at it and you're like, well, what would happen? Okay, now I need to close that loop. Like that is like, there's a gap of what we call a curiosity gap is, is, is in between there. And the first unclosed loop is the title thumbnail, mm -hmm. right? And so basically you click there. Once you're reaffirmed, now you need a new open loop, so that your mind stays active of like, ooh, I do want to know that actually too. Mm -hmm. So that's, I, I completely agree. I guess the question is how long into the intro do you introduce that loop? I think it kind of depends. Like if you watch our video, our interview with Reed, Mr. Beast Manager, we actually get right into the unclosed loop basically. Like we start in the middle of a story mm -hmm. that was not necessarily uh, in the title thumbnail. One of my favorite intros. Should it's we great. Watch, should we yeah, watch I love, love this one. 
In May of 2017, Mr. Beast crossed 1 million subscribers, but there was a problem. Some months we're spending like four or five million dollars on videos. We've ran out of money many times. I mean, I'm, I'm not a businessman, I'm a creator. So if Jimmy doesn't care about the money, who does? So the, the opening line is, so, is something that we worked on a ton. It's in May of 2017, Mr. Beast crossed a million subscribers, but there was a problem. So that immediately just creates a situation where you're like, oh, okay, what was the problem, mm -hmm. right? And then he answers that question right after. He says, some money, some months we were spending so much money, we were losing money. You're like, okay, he loses money. And then we pose the question. So he says, uh, I'm not a businessman, I'm a creator. And we pose the question. So if he's not, if he doesn't care about the money, who does? Mm -hmm. Enter Reed, his manager. So that's like, okay, we, we, we had to work on that a lot to build the intrigue of who is Reed? Who's this guy? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really like that one because it does that, like, it starts in the middle of a story, gives you something that you're like, oh, interesting. And then you're like, but there yep. was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So number one, reaffirm to the viewer that this is the video that you wanted. It's not clickbait. Number two, open up an unclosed loop. Create a new narrative that the audience wasn't expecting. Yeah. So all of that, I think those two points have to be conveyed in a simple manner visually and be easily understood. Many times people are watching uh, YouTube videos like without audio on sometimes, like the auto scroll, which we learned when we were talking autoplay, with- Autoplay, yeah. Autoplay, yeah, yeah. When we were talking with Mr. Beast. And so like for a lot of our intros, we put subtitles in the beginning to make sure that it's like as easily understood as possible, Th that you're not working. There's actually another thing we've done which has to do with packaging, but like the Emma Chamberlain video is a great example, but that one didn't look like a podcast about, it didn't- from the packaging perspective, it did not look like two guys talking about it. It could have been anything because it was mm -hmm. Emma on the thumbnail and then why Emma quit as the text on the thumbnail. So the autoplay then shows me at a mic. And so you're going to immediately be like, oh, okay, this is this is like a dude at a mic talking. Yep. It, it the, the thing that we've done now on the channel is especially when we're doing interviews, like we ensure there's a mic in the packaging and the person looks like they're really in the seat. So you're like, okay, my assumption is that person is sitting in a mic. I, I scroll over it, get the autoplay. That person was sitting in their studio at a mic. Yeah. Confirmed. I think what you're talking about is expectation setting. Yeah. And I have that as the third point on the checklist, mm. which is to make sure that you're setting the right expectation in the intro. And that comes down to style of video, yeah. tone. Is it comedic? Is it dramatic? And pace. We've noticed uh, in some of our past videos, the pace of the intros can be frenetic, like yeah. really fast paced. And it was hard, we thought, to transition or expect the audience to transition to then a very slow paced conversation. Right. So we've tried to even out the pace of the intro uh, and have it be more similar to the rest of the video. Yeah. So I think it's important as you're crafting your intro to know that those first 30 seconds are probably setting the expectation for the viewer of what the rest of the video is going to be like. Right. If you're going to have like jokes or humor, make sure you have that in the beginning and back it up throughout mm -hmm. if that's important to you. Yeah, I think that the thing that we've talked about before is like all storytelling is about tension and release and the style in which you build tension and release tension should be introduced early on because if I like that, then I'm going to want to continue on yeah. that, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to know what ride I'm in for. What, what Jimmy and, and some of the more challenge-focused creators do when it comes to like what you can expect later in the video 
you know, they've really been pushing on that where I feel like a lot, like Jimmy's videos oftentimes in the, in like 60 seconds, every 60 seconds, I'm reminded that something is coming, you know? And sometimes he does this, this frame where it's like, you know, five different scenes and it zooms in and zooms out of that frame. And you're like, oh yeah, there's, there's five other scenes I'm going to get right now. Yeah. And I think that's where like listicles like Ali Abdal talked about with us actually work really well because mm -hmm. that's actually what you're talking about is an unclosed loop, right? If yeah. I'm like, I'm going to tell you three reasons why blank. Now my mind kind of wants to know all three. If I only do one and don't get to two, I might even just, if I'm bored, I might even just click to see the third one just to make sure I know what it is and then move on. Yeah. So like when you introduce these things that like expectation setting doesn't have to be like, and you won't believe what happened at the end of the video Poof, explosion. It yeah. can be, there's three things I want to tell you. Mm -hmm. And that just means you're, you're going to get to a third thing, you know, by the end of the video. Yeah. So I have one more cut and that is to establish singularity. And I think this is one that is potentially harder and we don't get it every time, but when it's possible, we always take the opportunity to do this. And this can come in many forms. I think our Mark Rober studio tour was a really good example of uh, a line that we included to establish singularity to show that this video is something that only we could make that is unique to us. And there's a line in there about how people, not many people have gotten to see his studio right. or understand how he makes his videos. And then he cuts, uh, we cut to him saying, this is closed to the public. I don't really invite people here. And I think we did that early in the video to show the audience that you're getting a unique opportunity through us. Mm. That this is like a uh, one of a kind opportunity that only we can provide in this moment. That's good. And I think that's important. Yeah, like that is important. if you can add that on top, you don't yeah. always have that, but if you have the opportunity to, I think it's important to establish why you are the one bringing this story. I th yeah, that's that's good. I like that. I think even more so because ideas are getting replicated. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like if two ideas come out on the same day, the this checklist number four is like, why are you watching mine versus theirs? Yeah. Right? Like what makes mine different to the point where only I could have made it? Mm. Uh, do we want to recap? Sure. I think you should recap those four. Okay. So the great YouTube intro checklist of 2023. Number one, you want to immediately confirm to the viewer that this is the video you clicked on and that the packaging was not clickbait. Number two, you want to introduce new narratives and unclosed loops. Number three, you want to set the right expectation. Whatever you put in the intro is what you want the audience to believe is coming for the rest of the video. Number four, establish singularity. Make sure you explain or show to the viewer why your video and your point of view is unique. That's good. We're there definitely we go. going to turn that into a short. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up, so the this year, the I think the absolute highest um, AVD on an intro for us was our Try Guys interview. And that mm. that also comes down to timing. You know, that, that interview with the Try Guys was at a time where they hadn't really spoken after controversy, you know, yeah. or after, you know, this the, the internet got very interested in them. And... We, we try and ask this question when we're interviewing someone, like, is there a burning question from the public about them? Um, and we titled that an unfiltered conversation with the Try Guys, yep. right? So immediately that has to, you click on it, it has to confirm that there was unfiltered access, you know, that there was truly this honest, transparent conversation. Mm -hmm. Click on it, first line, Zach goes, there were four of us, now there's three. 
immediately you're confirmed. Okay, they're going to talk about it. They're going to talk about they're the thing that I wanted them yeah, to talk they're about. They're going to be honest. And then, you know, that follows up with like three or four clips of not only Zach and Keith being very transparent and honest, but us asking them questions that are would provoke unfiltered answers yeah. without them answering. And then after those clips, we actually open unclosed loops right. by showing you clips from conversations that you didn't exactly know you were going to get. Right. You know, yeah. the anatomy of a successful Try Guy video, right. uh, how they retained the name the Try Guys coming out of BuzzFeed. Yeah. Like you get little bits of, of topics that you didn't know you were going to get. And hopefully that's like the icing on top right. to get you to keep watching. Right. Yeah, and that that has been one of our highest um, AVD videos this year, and I would say also because Zach and Keith are so engaging, we had a great like great chemistry with them. Um, but I think also because we we did like those clips, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. We don't get perfect sound bites all the time for the interviews, but that one particularly, we had sound bites that did this exactly, like yeah. hit this intro checklist exactly. And I think that's just a, a, a lesson for creators that it doesn't always need to be a scripted intro. Totally. The clip selection of your footage, whether it's an interview yeah. or something documentary style, can tell a story. Yeah. Um, we have another one, Story of Carl. That was really, I think, just one if you want to watch an intro that we spent a lot of time on. Yeah. Like that was iteration, 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 just dialing in the opening line of that. Um it's a lot of work, you know, you just got to write it and, and just look at it and be like, does it hit these marks? Is this interesting? Would you, after hearing these first four lines, want to watch this? Like, do you have questions? If, if, if you don't have questions, you're not going to watch. Before we move on, should we watch that one? Carl Jacobs is a college dropout that hacked Mr. Beast's videos to become the number one streamer on Twitch in just a matter of months. Welcome everybody, welcome, it's me, Carl. He's always trending on Twitter. One of the breakout stars of the last year. His newly launched podcast beat out Joe Rogan on the Spotify charts. What's up guys and welcome to the Banter Podcast. And he has one of the most diehard fan bases on the internet. If I got a Carl notice right now, I'd be on the floor. The man is quite literally perfect. But if we're being honest, we don't fully understand Carl's content. How is Carl doing what he's doing? How did he become Carl? I think one of the most important things is like, do you have a butt mm -hmm. in your intro, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, do yeah. you have a butt? Yeah. Where it goes like this, 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 but this. Yeah. You just, you need that. Um, yeah, we used to, we used to really think about that when we yeah. would do these hosted intros. Without us saying in that moment that we don't understand his content, it's it's kind of not really a story. It's it's just like a praise. <laughs> it's just praise, yeah. right? Like there needs to be some exploration. There needs to be some tension. Yeah, but I do think the opening line of like he hacked Mr. Beast videos that brings some questions to me. True, and, and but I if I was to go back, I would want validation that you're gonna tell me how he did that, which we do in that video. Yeah. Um, now, okay, this is the video intro meta of right now, and I think it's because. Uh, competition has increased, storytelling has gotten better, but this was not YouTube when I got into YouTube. I, I went back and wanted to watch one of my favorite Casey Neistat videos, which was when he saved his drone. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. The packaging of it is my all-time greatest. Now, I want you to watch this open. Maybe you didn't like your Invisalign. 
So you think that was just a bad egg? Yeah, I think he was mad at me because I waved to him and I'm not by his way. So it goes on to do his you know, intro with the music. And then he goes into his studio and explains what the video is going to be about, um, about a minute in. Today's vlog is a mission. That is where, like in today's world, he would have started there. Today's vlog is a mission, a rescue, uh, a search and rescue mission. I lost my drone. It's unlikely I'm going to get it back. Like he does a really great job of contextualizing what goes down there. But 3.2 million views... Um, in this era, I think really showed how much trust these creators had from us as audience members, how much of a relationship we had with these creators to give them a minute of time that was just a slice of life. Yeah, the behavior was uh, perhaps a little bit more similar to how uh, audiences look at podcasts now. Sure. Like podcast audiences are really sticky. They don't really care as much about the title. Exactly. Right? They're just yeah. like, I like these people. Like these I'm going to tune in. Yeah. And I might tune in for 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, it's it's what we've talked about before with permission-based versus uh, interruption-based viewing, which is like permission-based. Like Casey had my permission to give me a new video every single day, no matter what it was. And he had millions of people permission. And I think we've moved into a place where we have to work really hard to um, earn your time. Now, we have to interrupt your, your scroll. We have to catch you. Then you, we still have to earn your time once you're in the video. Mm -hmm. Once you've clicked on, it's not like we've earned it. You know, we still have to earn your time. 30 seconds in, we have to earn the next 30 seconds. Yeah. We have to continuously earn those, um, which again, it's good storytelling, but it's an interesting new reality in the creator economy. I think that also, though, comes down to the difference between the idea-based creator and the relationship-based sure. creator. Because... Yeah. There are still relationship-based creators. Yeah, your mom Ashley is a good example. Today, right, yeah. who yeah. have earned and set the expectation for yeah. their audience that the title thumbnail is not going to be the heavy driver of, of why you come in through the well, door. One more for fun. Ben Brown, okay? Remember That's, Ben Brown? Yeah, yeah, Ben Brown, great thumbnail. It's called Dangerous Swimming. He's swimming in front of like this huge cruise ship. Here's the, here's the open. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. What's happening? What's going on? We're in the um, the breakfast hall of dreams right now, just feasting on all kinds of goodies, like this honeycomb. Look at that! Just slicing off chunks of honeycomb. We've got jams for days. Okay. So I mean, I I want to acknowledge that this was the YouTube we fell in love with, fell in love with, and tried to emulate and yeah. become successful at. <laughs> and we couldn't do it. And we could not do it. I think also it's an incredibly long game to become successful at this, but if you do this, like if you go against the grain and you're like, it's my personality that you're here for, it's me you're here for, right now if you do that, and even if you build an audience of 100,000 people who love that, I think that is one of the most impactful audiences you could build. Absolutely. If they're just there. Because then you you're, you like truly have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So I, I just want to bring that up that like the meta has changed. And I wonder if podcasting is, you know, this now, like you said, right? Where it's like, I'll click on it, whatever it is. Um, but if we're going to cycle back around to kind of wanting a slower paced, more just like, listen, don't try so hard. I just, I like you just, you know, just show me what you're doing. Yeah, but you get, have to get to the dangerous you know swimming Actually, at the end. Even your mom, Ashley, when we spoke to her, she said that you can't just start with vlogging. 
Right. Like that was one of her curriculum points. She was like, you know, as as hard as it is to hear, like no one's really interested in you off the jump. Like you have right. to uh, obviously come through with titles and thumbnails that provide some value to a certain community and start building that way. Right. And then maybe you can relax a little bit mm-hmm. after you've earned that that trust. Yeah. I mean, let us know what we missed. Uh, I think that was a pretty good YouTube video intro checklist of 2023. Maybe that changes next year. Um, but that was pretty fun to do. I liked, I liked your list yeah. items. That was good. Um, so this week, we have released two episodes on the main channel, Colin, this week. Big week for us. That's interview, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Interview with Jordan Schwarzenberger from um, Arcade Media, who's the manager of the Sidemen. Um, a great conversation, the first conversation that we had uh, in London. So if you're wondering, there's comments about like the studio looking different. We addressed it in the beginning, but some people skip over that. Uh, the, the studio is different because we recorded in London. There's four episodes that are going to come out on the main channel recorded in London. Learning about the Sidemen was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really energized by Jordan. I think he's he's a great like operations guy in our space is a really great mind. If you guys don't follow him, uh, check him out, LinkedIn, Twitter, he posts a lot, but he had a great POV on, on what the creator economy looks like. Um, and, and what the future of it is. Yeah. His perspective was that there is, uh, not as much of a creator middle class anymore. And he, he talked about how he does not believe that there necessarily could be another sideman. That like yeah. the sidemen's and the Mr. Beasts of the world are these established creators, and he finds it to be extremely difficult to break in right now, I mainly because of short form content. Yeah, that I, like I would agree short with form that. content doesn't allow you to really connect totally with people. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think um, I think even what we're seeing with Jimmy right now breaking the record every week, right? The viewership record every week. The amount of money he's spending on these videos, mm-hmm. the scale he's at, like. I don't even think it's it's uh, makes sense to to try and become that. Like I think it's it's now even when we showed you some of those those intros from years and years ago, it's kind of looking back in time and going like, okay, what has worked here? What has worked in entertainment? What are people connecting to? And also like, what is sustainable for me? Because what the Sidemen and, and Jimmy have built, those are like those are straight up media companies. We're seeing like BuzzFeed and Vice kind of go down and we're seeing the Sidemen and Mr. Beast go up, mm-hmm. right? Which is like personality-focused media companies. So when you're thinking as a young creator, I'm competing with the Sidemen or competing with Mr. Beast, you're actually competing with like a large organization, you know? And I think you're competing for the the eyeballs of people who are now have this very high expectation of what that type of content looks like. Mm-hmm. But the way the Sidemen, I think, are really different is their uh, in-person activations, their physical activations. Sidemen Charity Match, Sides Restaurant, Sidemen Retail, um, and then also Side Plus. So one thing we get into in the conversation is that that's one of their biggest revenue drivers is their membership clubs. Which is basically like their own version of Netflix. Their own Netflix. Um, But But if you haven't listened to it, it's a great conversation. Yeah, and and what he was really saying for creators, I don't think he was trying to like discourage creators, uh, but he was acknowledging that it is a really difficult landscape. Yeah. And that he believes the the true marker of, you know, your uh, your brand as a creator is if you can actually bring people into physical worlds. Like, right. can you really have a retail store? Can you bring people into an arena? And I think it's good to think about, even if you're a smaller creator, is like, mm-hmm. are you actually providing enough value to bring people into a physical space? Okay. Now, I, th- along with something we talked about, which was this rise in short form content. Um, potentially harming the creator economy, which has been kind of a topic of discussion recently. Uh, I want to bring in a question from Ethan Uncurated 
on the Discord. Hey Colin and Samir, I'm Ethan and I'm mainly a short form creator. I have 200,000 followers on Instagram and only 1K on YouTube. And I've always wanted to be a long form creator, but logistically right now, it doesn't really make sense to dedicate all my time to long form content. How do you think I should dedicate my time to push towards the goal of being a long form creator while not sacrificing the amount of eyes I have on my short form platform? This is probably a question that a lot of creators are asking right now. You know, like there was so much explosive growth from short form content and the reality is it's it's hard to monetize. It's hard to build a career strictly off of short form content. I think the advertisers are there right now. Like we are doing short form advertising. I think it's effective when you do it, but we don't do it. It's, it's not enough. I don't want to do it to the point where it would fully support us mm -hmm. because I don't, I think there's, it's hard to make compelling short form sponsored content um, or even just short form content in general. Um, I guess if you are a short form creator though, like what do you invest in long form or are you a short form creator? Do you know what I mean? I think in this instance, Ethan wants to be a long form creator. Right. So watching his shorts, they're highly edited. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to make a decision when it comes to long form. If you want to come out of the gate with some frequency and give yourself the opportunity to fail, you probably, considering your bandwidth strapped, need to bring the production down and think about, is there an idea I want to get across yeah. that warrants 20 minutes, 10 to 20 yeah, it's, minutes, it's you know what I mean? Point. And then just think about the writing as opposed to the visuals and think, can I just take shots at, yeah, at titling and thumbnailing and getting my yeah. thoughts out there? I would say on the other end of that, if you want to uphold your style, you're just going to upload less long form videos. You'll have less opportunities to learn, but that's not to say you can't become successful with fewer uploads. Yeah, but it does take time. Like the ROI of uploading a short form, like if I uploaded 10 short form videos and I'm a decent creator, the likelihood of one of them like gaining traction and viewership is high. Totally. If I upload 10 long form videos, the likelihood is low. So your, your dopamine is gonna be dramatically different as a creator uploading short form and long form videos. And I think that's probably what is impacting short form creator is going to long form. Cause it's like, I uploaded this, one of them got 10 million views. Yeah, To get 10 million views on a long form video is so incredibly hard. And it probably won't happen in your first 100, 200 videos, which means potentially if you're uploading once a year, four years after you start uploading long form content, maybe you'll you'll get there. Yeah, I mean, look, it does happen. Like Cleo Abram, yeah, Cleo Abram. 22 videos to a million. Yeah. She came from Vox, is making explainer-style videos yeah. about tech and science. It can happen. Like, you can study the platform and it can work. If I was in Ethan's shoes, I would probably start by just hosting to camera, like writing yeah. scripts, hosting to yeah, camera. He's a good writer. Like, yeah. yeah, good writer, minimal B-roll, and really work on the packaging. Like, can I yeah. make the title and thumbnail about this idea that I'm trying to get across, make it compelling enough, and then people click, they're into it, can I keep them yeah. for 10 to 15 minutes of me just sitting? And I would probably experiment at the same time. That's low lift. I would probably, considering his style, I would imagine he also likes to add that extra touch. Yeah. I would probably work on something in the background, not put a time limit on it, but work on something that maybe takes a month or two, whatever, yeah. and put it out to see, do I like that experience mm -hmm. in a different way? Does the audience like that experience of working on something for a month, a month or two? Yeah. That's more highly edited. I think in the long term, I, I'm like very bullish on long form evergreen content. I think that's mm -hmm. like, you know, 
it's so important to have long format evergreen content on a YouTube channel because of the compounding effect. We're seeing it right now with our content. Like so much of our library is now uh, gaining so much traction because we have videos that can be watched years and years and years yeah. in the future, which is something Zach King said to us in our creator roundtable that came out today. Which was YouTube part channel. of his checklist. Which was part of his checklist, uh, which was, can this be viewed in 10 years? Is mm -hmm. it an evergreen concept? Um, and that applied to shorts too. That did apply to shorts, yeah. So I think like thinking about the timeless nature, like are you hopping on a trend or are you making something that if someone stumbles across it in a year, that it's still relevant? Because that creates this compounding effect for your brand. It's also like the gold standard of what makes entertainment successful, sure, yeah, period. yeah. Like Seinfeld, right? Still being shown on TV today. The right. Office is basically Comedy Central. Totally. Like if you make something, if you can actually make something good that can be watched for all of time, that's also what Netflix wants. Like Netflix yeah. doesn't want to buy things that right. can only be watched in a certain time period. Totally. I mean, Goodfellas, great movie, can be watched today, could have been watched in the 90s, could be watched in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Great movie. Um, Create a roundtable. I brought that up. Yeah. That was a really, really cool experience. Uh, that video is out. It's the first time we ever did a roundtable discussion. Uh, we partnered with the Streamies to do it. Um, basically got together a bunch of Streamy nominees and had a roundtable discussion. It's you, me, Cleo Abram, Michelle Carre, Amar from Yes Theory, Ryan Trahan, and Zach King. That's everyone, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the first time we've done it, but it also yeah. may be the first time- It's been done with creators. I think it's been done with creators, period. Yeah, yeah. Um, would love for everyone to go check it out. You know, go check it out. Let us know what you think. We want to do more of them. Um, want to do more of them, but I don't want to make it too frequent. Because I think it's yeah. a really special thing. I mean, logistically, also, they're tough to put together. Yeah, it's hard, it's so, hard to fly everyone out and, yeah. and do it. Um, we learned a lot on this first one. Um, but I will say from a format perspective, it was one of the most fun conversations. To, like, feel the energy of seven people getting to talk to each other mm -hmm. was, like, so cool. Um, I also think we could do that with groups like the Sidemen. Like, we could do a Sidemen roundtable, a Dude Perfect roundtable, right? Like, these kind of creator groups, we could do that, too. I just think the format... Was, I love it. Was killer. Yeah, yeah. super fun to do. Um, we are nominated for a streaming this weekend. We went in super cocky last year. Thought we were a, a shoe in to mm -hmm. win our category, which was education. Lost to Tom Scott. We are up against. We were also publicly very confident. Super confident. It's not like we super just confident. internally were telling ourselves we're going to win. Yeah, it was like a boxing match on like, where we were like the channel and on the podcast. Yeah. We were like. It's over. And we were like first round KO. Like yeah, this is, it's yeah, going yeah, down. Yeah. Yeah. You're coming in so hot. <laughs> we came in too hot. Uh, yeah. And then. Uh, I truly believe when I look at the category this year. put us in our place. Yeah. Tom Scott won last year. I look at the category this year and I think about uh, the people involved. Uh, Veritasium's in the category. I think Veritasium should win it. Yeah. Veritasium yeah. is going to win. And then if we are fortunate to be nominated next year. Yeah. I think that's our year. Maybe. I got to hold on to a little confidence, yeah, yeah. man. No, you're Come right. on. Like a little right. bit of you're right. yeah. where we should win. My father-in-law won an Emmy recently. Okay. Okay. Like in, in the past Emmys. Uh, and I was at his house this weekend and I held it and I looked at it and I was like, it's really kind of odd that we love these types of things, but I looked at it and I was like, I love this. I want one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I want something like yeah, well, this. Yeah, it's like universally <laughs> yeah. you just uh, want something, something to I just want to that little streamy, for. Yeah, I just want that little streamy in here looking back at us being like, hey guys, you did something. Question, if we do win, yeah, we get two streamies, right? No, I don't think so. We just get one streamy? Yeah, one streamy. Can we talk to someone? Steve the streamy. Yeah, we'll keep it in here. 
Yeah, we could probably talk to. We could. I, I you know. Yeah, we could talk to someone. There's two of us. Yeah, but we get one. That's what makes it special. That's true. Okay. Yeah. All right. You get two. It's kind of like where's the streamy? Oh, it's in two. It's at yeah, Colin's yeah, house and at okay. Samir's house. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. Clearly, we're in the deep end. We are in the deep end, but I did want to get to this question from Toasted in the Discord. Let's hit it. Hey, Colin Samir. My name is Michael, though most people know me as Toasted. Mr. Beast is already the most popular YouTuber on the planet, and it seems like anytime soon he's going to be the most popular person on the planet. In your guys' POV, what has fueled this latest stage of exponential growth to get him here? And is there anything creators can take away from it? Thanks. All right. Toasted. Toasted's basically asking, you know, uh, Mr. Beast, we know week in and week out is breaking records on YouTube. He has entered a new kind of, as he calls it, Mr. Beast is entering yet another stratosphere. He's entering a new, you know, stratosphere, sure, uh, of of his career. Uh, so the two-part two question, what is fueling this growth and what can creators learn from it? Yeah, I, I think part of it is that when it comes to his concepts, he's doing things that have the maximum possible audience. Like they have a huge scale to them, especially if you look at where this kind of started with the one-year-old versus a hundred-year-old concept that he did. Yep. Like age is mm-hmm. something that everyone, every viewer who clicks on that video can attach themselves right. to one of those characters. And visually, age is understandable. Yeah, global appeal was one of the things I thought of. Like the the Olympics, it's like, Basically, he figured out a way to say, can everyone see themselves in my video? Like every person. Yeah, can everyone who clicks see themselves? See themselves in one of these characters, in one of these moments. You add multi-language audio, which I don't think should be overlooked at all. You know, like it's translated into 13 or 14 languages. Um, So it's global appeal from human, a human perspective, but global appeal from a just sheer global perspective, like language perspective. basically just the squid game effect. Yeah, Um, I don't want to undermine focus. So this time last year, Jimmy had Beast Gaming, Beast Reacts, Beast Burger, Feastables, main channel, you know, and then a slew of other businesses also. Uh, this year, when it, when you think about content, it's, you know, he even said this on our on our pod, it's main channel, you know. He, Basically main channel and Feastables. It's main channel, Feastables, and working out. Those are his main focuses. Now, he does do short form, and he has invested quite a bit in, in doing short form content, but he's got a team around that. Um and they really, really, that's a great short form team that's just dominating. And I think one of the biggest things that all creators can take away that we, we even talked about this morning, it's like when everyone and your main focus is on like this one video during the week, you're like, that's the video I'm focused on. And even in talking to him casually as a friend, he's always focused on his next main channel video. Yeah. That is a different thing. Like, you know, to, to, to even slightly moved your focus to like reacts or gaming and like, how's that performing? How's this performing? Like all of that stuff slightly chips away from your focus and it just spreads your focus out. If you are all your energy, all your creative energy is on the next main channel upload. I think we're watching the effects of focus right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's just like the most important takeaway. It's uh, if you're to take any, anything away from it, it's like globally appealing concepts where every human being can see themselves in the concept and can relate to it. Understandability, can you understand it from a language perspective or from a visual perspective? Um, what I mean by that is like, you know, how ridiculous or dude perfect, like throwing a trick shot, throwing a basketball into a hoop from a far distance can be globally understandable. Uh, and then the third thing is like focus. Are, is that actually your primary focus is that video? Mm-hmm. Are you the creator hyper-focused on your next upload? Or are you spread out across 
merch and short form and all this other stuff. Like I think focus, focus, focus. Mm -hmm. All right, we're in the deep end. You got anything for me? You got it right? I just wanted to highlight a creator that I came across <laughs> on YouTube last night. Okay. Called Garrett's Adventures. Okay. This is a 19-year-old who is sailing from Hawaii uh, across the Pacific. Whoa. In a 27-foot sailboat by himself. And it's not necessarily filmed or edited in a style of, of someone who is like deep into YouTube analytics. Okay. But his first video tracks like the first 11 days. And it has, I think, almost 800,000 views. And wow. it's this on like- On Twitter? No, no, on YouTube. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But you found him on Twitter. No, no, no. I found him on YouTube. Did I say Twitter? You said Twitter. Oh. I meant, if I said Twitter, I meant X. No, I don't mean X. I mean Twitter. I don't know. No, I meant YouTube. Did you, I say Twitter? Are you good? Did I say Twitter? <laughs> he said Twitter. Check the records. I just wanted to highlight a creator that I came across on YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, so- Last night, I find myself watching like 40 plus minutes of this guy traveling solo in a, a sailboat across the Pacific Ocean. Like, it's totally insane. Like, it feels like the, the challenge video that all challenge creators like would never do because it just it's requires real. like, yeah. it's so intense, requires so, so much talent and skill. And... Honestly, I just was like hooked. And I think it shows that you don't always need to uh, like study YouTube. You, you just need to do something that like can be authentic to you. You just need to sail yeah. by yourself across the Pacific Ocean. Well, that actually, I think the the honest lesson there is uh, Hassan Minaj from our episode. He said, it's all about the PDF. Is the yeah. concept interesting before you pick up a camera? Mm -hmm. And I think that concept is interesting before you pick up the camera. Yeah, and even if you're watching him, like he he doesn't film all of the most dramatic things. You're right. Because he was he was in the middle of the dramatic thing. Yeah. yeah sometimes yeah. he just tells the story of it on right, the boat right, right. the next day. Yeah. Uh, and I just find it fascinating. Like the things that are happening from day to day, like That's cool. his his cell phone breaks and he has no more connection to like satellite. His his wind meter breaks. How's he, he has charging no more, his batteries? Uh, solar. But it's cloudy a lot of days. He's going through like 11 foot waves at times. His bed is getting drenched. It's like, it's really interesting. Okay. One more creator shout out. Uh, this was the winner of our first weekend film fest. Yes. So in our discord, we hosted weekend film fest, 48 hour film festival, where we gave a prompt on a Friday. You had till Sunday night to submit it. The first prompt was show us a day in your life. And you could kind of take that creative and and run with it however you wanted 60 seconds or less and the winner got two tickets to vid summit uh we hosted like a very dramatic almost reality tv style live stage in discord <laughs> where we had all three of the finalists up on the stage with us then we took them all off the stage and only invited one back who was the winner that winner was tonio uh Antonio made a great video. We're going to play that to end the episode so you guys can watch it. If you're listening, you can listen to it, but it's not the same effect. You should come on to yep. YouTube and watch it. Um, but thank you so much for listening to this episode of Creator Support. That was our uh, video intro checklist. Hopefully you guys like that. If we missed anything, um, put it in the comments. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, gripes, whatever you have, you can put it in the comments here. You can say it to us on Discord, which is like, say it to us in our face or something. Let's play Tonio's video. All right, Get out let's of play here. the video. All right.
A day in your life, 60 seconds or less. Try and show us something that you do in your day-to-day -day life oh. that you think is unique to you. Today's the day. You better make an interesting day in the life because there's a lot on the line. Welcome to a day in my life. I get up ready to conquer the day. The first step, cold exposure. After my ice cold shower, it's time to put a healthy breakfast in my body. After that, time for some meditation. Now it's time to get some work done and let's edit. So you can see we got the whole project here. If you're wondering what this is, it's just deleted footage from today that we're not gonna use. I'll be right back. Today's gonna suck. And then you can just cut this part out. The water's not even cold. I just want it to come across like that. All right, I got the shot. We're good. Get rid of this crap. Hey, I got the shot. Can you please come inside now and be a father, like in a husband, please? All right. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> Let's delete that. Export here. Get ready. A day in my life. <laughs> More like a day that I hope will get likes.